Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. As we begin today, this is our second sermon uh, in our series called Living the Dream. Last week we talked about being a church of dreamers and, and we want to have, we want you to have a dream. We want you to dream about overcoming, creating, leading, growing, becoming all that God has called you to be. You're not too old, you're not too young. Come on. In Genesis 37, in fact, we've been walking through the story of Joseph. Genesis 37, this is kind of lengthy, but I want to read it to you so you get the point. Starting in 23, it says, So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they had stripped Joseph of his tunic. Okay, remember we talked about last week. Here Joseph is favored by his father. He receives this tunic. Come on, he's got the threads. He looks good. He's got the Jordans of tunics on. This tunic of many colors was on him, and they took him and and they cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, and there was no water in it, and they sat down to eat a meal. And they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bringing spices, palms, and myrrh, and on their way to carrying them to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in our flesh. And the brothers listened, and the Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up, lifted him out of the pit, sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Come on, what a scary moment. What a scary scene. Just to let you know, uh, back then a, a slave was worth 30 shekels. They sold their brother for 20. In other words, they didn't, they didn't even have enough value for their brother to consider him worthy to be a slave. You're talking about rejection. This is, this is the Dr. Phil moment. I'm just saying this is when you go sit on the couch and you begin to say, okay, listen, I had this awesome coat. My daddy was really cool. We, we had a really great relationship. And then my brothers. You know what I mean? This is like an issue here. It's a scary scene. I mean, just put yourself in this moment. Think about the scary part of this story. And, and I think the scary part for us is when we feel like the dream that God put in us looks and feels like it's been destroyed. See, we're talking about living the dream, but, but it would be I, would be, I think I would do a disjustice to our Christian development if I only talked about highlights. See, I believe that there's a dream. I believe that God has something for you. I believe that some of it is dormant. I believe there are singers and songwriters. I believe that there are worship leaders. I believe that there are kids people. I believe that there are administrators. I believe that there are people who are going to open their home and allow visitors to come in and eat at the table. I believe that there's a lot of things in this church body. But through background, habits, hang-ups, we've decided, well, I can't do that. Because of my sin, I can't do that. Because I fail in areas, I can't do that. And here's what I see. A lot of times God heals you through the process. God heals you through the process. 
You know, here's the thing is I meet a lot of believers who feel like what's in them has been destroyed. That moment where your situation gets so hard that surviving is the only dream. Has anybody ever been there? I mean, if we were going to have transparent, I know you all look good. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You brush your teeth, comb your hair, you're looking good. But have you ever, anybody ever been in that moment where, with your kids or with your family or, or with your mate or with, in your marriage, in your finances, where the, we, we, we were no, the dream was not Disneyland anymore. We're just trying to survive, okay? The dream is not what we're going to be when we grow up. The dream is just can I live today and not take this vehicle off the bridge? Come on, somebody. See, uh, if we could just be transparent for a moment. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but my assignment is the scary part, the scary part. And in all of our life, there will be a moment when it will feel super intense, super scary. Is college going to work out? Am I going to get that funding? Am I, I going to get that job? Oh, they're doing layoffs. And all of a sudden, you can be in this moment where all of a sudden things just get scary. We have to know that what God put in you, what God put in us, is not just for you. Everything that God gives you, see, God is the God of, of steward. He is the greatest steward. And so God will never give you something and have it die with you. Anything that God gives you is for the people who come through you. And when God looks at you, he never sees you. He sees the legacy in you. Because God is the God of generations. He knows the end from the beginning. And so when he looks at you, he doesn't see this momentary moment because he's outside of time. Does it make sense? And so everything that you've been invested to, you will have to overcome areas in order to unleash it. The enemy will try to stifle it, but God wants to unlock it. As we look at this, our goal is to build the kingdom. And adversity tries to pull that down. In the Bible, it tells us that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. In other words, sometimes we're going to go through it, and maybe it isn't sin. Maybe it's just life. I meet people all the time who are trying to navigate becoming free, but living in a scary season. And from time to time, you find yourself in moments of intensity, moments where you're like, what's going on? Feeling like you've just fallen or being thrown into a huge pit. And you get that phone call from a sister or a brother or, or a son, and you're like, what happened? And you, you, you said hello, thinking it would be great, but it wasn't great. You got that conversation from a friend, and you were like, what, how did, why, what just happened? Those moments tend to catch you off guard. Joseph was just trying to handle some errands. And here we are. He, he finds himself in a, in a wounding situation. Think about the wound, the struggle. Maybe you've been in there where you, you, went, you went to this friend's house or whatever. Something happened and all of a sudden you found wound, struggle, personal attack, heavy pressure. And it was in that moment that you had to decide, am I going to be a victim or am I going to be a victor? Am I going to be a victim of what someone else did to me? Come on, somebody. Can we preach just a little bit? Am I going to be a victim of, 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 of what my child, you know, he grew up one way, but he did. Come on, come on. Divorce. 
business partners. See, the issue is the enemy tries to stifle what God wants to unleash. But there's a scary part sometimes. I'm not a real big scary movie fan. I'm just going to tell you that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch kind of, I mean, yeah, some people are just like into the, the horror shows, and I'm, I'm not just not going to open up that, my, my mind to that, but you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to see Jason running after Freddy and what, a, you know what I'm saying? I like sleeping at night. Um, <laughs> but there are moments when my wife and I will watch an intense movie. Come on. And intense, it's drama, and you're like in it, and the music's changing, and you're like, you're trying to figure out who the real bad guy, come on, you know what I'm talking about, and it's scary. There was this one show I was watching, I had to turn it off like in 15 minutes, because it was like, it wasn't bad, it was just like too deep, it was like too real. I was like, I live this, I'm not watching it, you know, you know what I mean? Come on, you ever in a movie and you feel like that? You're like, whoa, I went to a movie to kind of escape reality, that's like my life, Woo. <laughs> You know, there are intense scenes in life. But I'll tell you this, those intense moments, when you feel like the music has changed and it just got really intense, where life becomes a little harder, where our comfort has been challenged, our security has been shattered, we feel stuck and we feel neglected, it's then that we have to begin on focusing. Because here's what happens in a lot of life. You can focus on who threw you in the pit or you can focus on who's going to get you out. And if we continue to focus on who put us there, you will never see the miracle of God taking you out. Because that's what God wants to do. God, let me just tell you this, if you may not know, but the devil is not stronger than God. You, you may need to know that. The, God wins. At the end of the book, come here, just, at the end of the book, God wins. Okay? So here's the deal. You know what I'm saying? You, you're on the Golden State Warrior team of God. And you win. Listen, disappointments can easily set in to our thinking and suddenly we, we live life thinking that someone derailed us. I don't know what, where you're at today, but my assignment is the scary part. The scary part. And let me just say this. I want to take a minute and just talk to dads and then I'm going to wrap us up with four quick points. I know it's Father's Day and, and, and typically we, I would do a whole sermon to honor fathers. Um, but I believe that today, as we're talking about the scary part, if you're a father in this place, you need to have honor. Because you've not quit. You've not quit. And I get it. I get it. There are a thousand things you wish you would have done. Thousand things. I get all that. But here's what I'm telling you is, is, is you have come through adversity and you are still standing. And here's what I want to say. Everybody, regardless, well, you don't know what my dad did to me. I get it. I get it. And there are some hurtful, abusive, hard things that moms and dads have done. And obviously, there's a, like one or two or three percent. I'm not talking about that. But a lot of times, we want from our dads the one things they don't know how to give, and we forget all the things that they've done. And here's the deal. God would not have taught us to honor 
if it was just easy. He told us to honor because we're naturally critical. If you had a house, if you had clothes, come on, anybody run around naked? If you had a vehicle, if you had food, well, we didn't have steak, but you had food. Come on, somebody. Ramen will, ramen will keep you alive. If you, the Bible says he who gives mercy receives mercy. You can want to be a better dad without judging yours. We have to honor our fathers. We have to honor our fathers. We have to thank them for what they've done. We have to thank them. And here's the deal. It is your job, not their job, but it is your job to find something that you can respect and honor them for and tell them about it. Not because it will bless them, because it will free you. Does that make sense? And if we're going to be a healthy church, we're going to be people who give honor. And so here's what I'm asking every one of you to do today. Call your father. Text him. Call him. Do it. Well, I haven't talked to him in three years. Who's the Christian? Come on, somebody. Hey, listen. You only may come one time, but I'm going to get you. Listen, listen. <laughs> Call him. You don't have to say thank you for being. I remember, guys. I remember having, what, what, what card am I going to give my dad? Because he's not this, he's not this, he's not this. He's, I'm like, I need a dysfunctional family card that's, that says, thank you for birthing me. Come on. But, but the truth of the matter is, as I gave myself to honor, I could find lessons that they taught and the Bible says to think on these things, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's of good report. Come on, does that make sense? We don't want to serve God being critical of the people God put in our lives. Does it make sense? Every dad in this place, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a dad. Thank you for taking that mantle. It's hard. It is hard to be a dad. I get it. I appreciate you. Come on, let's give our dad some hands in this place. All right, can I give you four thoughts real quick in three minutes? You're like, can you? <laughs> All right, number one, four thoughts to remember when you're in the scary part. The first one is scary parts can happen even when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Joseph was sent by his father. He was obeying. He wasn't in sin. He wasn't selling crack to Jerusalem kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the reality is he, he was doing what, God, what his dad said to do. Does that make sense? Some of us feel like that we have this unspoken agreement with God. As long as I'm going to church and doing what you want me to do, you need to do everything I want you to do. Here's what I would need to tell you about that, is we submit to him, he does not submit to us. Come on. Scary parts can happen even when you're doing the right thing. In, in Genesis 37, 13, it says, and Israel said to Joseph, go. 
Joseph was doing the right thing. Joseph was doing what God had called, what, 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 what his father had asked him to do. Joseph was, was you may have been in a situation where I, I did not lie. I did not do that. I, I am doing the right thing. And here I am, four weeks ago, just trying to take my kids to school. On my side of the highway. We're going to talk about it. Listen. <laughs> All I can tell you is sometimes in doing what you're supposed to be doing, there's a scary part. There's a scary part. And, 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 and even in your own life, you know, here you are, you're starting to jump into church. You hadn't been in a while. Here you are jumping into life group. Here you are trying to do, and all of a sudden, it gets harder. And you're like, well, if this is what church is going to do, all I'm telling you is, Sometimes the scary part happens when you're doing the right thing. You know what I'm saying? You have a wrinkle in the relationship. There's an issue going on. There's an issue with the boss. Sometimes, you know what? The scary part happens when you're in the right place. The second thing is this. The scary part is an opportunity to mature you. Joseph is just trying to walk in the favor that he's given. Come on, he got his coat. But here's what God wanted to teach Joseph. Your dad can give you a lot of things, but he can't fulfill the dream that I have for you. So take off your coat and let me develop you. Does that make sense? See, here's the thing. We get to read the end of the story. And the end of the story is what the brothers have done does not stop God's plan. And so here's what I want to tell you is that maybe this scary moment is an opportunity to build your faith, to mature you, to take you to the next level, to grow something in you. I'm not telling you that God did it, but I'm telling you that God can use it. Yeah, God can use it. It's not about who caused it. It's about your response to it. It's not about what happened at your last church. It's not about the pastor. It's not about all of that. It's about your response. And the truth is, we expect church people to live at a higher level. I don't go visit people in the hospital because I'm a, I'm a pastor. So just know that. I do it because I'm a Christian. Well, that's your job. Well, if we want to start talking about jobs, then you can tell me what you think mine is, and then I'll open the Bible and tell you what yours is. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? God's got a plan for your life. And I know it's hard. And I'm telling you, Katie and I have been in a year of hard. Our daughter had meningitis, lost hearing in one ear, countless times in the hospital having to keep going back because of infection and we just get over that by two months and have a wreck I get it and, 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 and I, I, I hate telling this because there are some people in this room that you are dealing with so much more I'm not trying to compare my story to your story I'm just telling you that I've walked through some scary parts. And you may be here. And I am telling you, this is not to overcome you. It's to unleash you. 
And some, somebody here needs to build their faith. Somebody here needs to take their eyes off the adversity. Someone here needs to look to who's coming to take them out of the pit. And it might not be where you want to be, but you're no longer in the pit, baby. Come on, does that make sense? What I'm telling you is we've got to be a church of people of faith. The third thing is this. The scary part isn't the end of the story. Come on, where your marriage is right now, it can be better. Issue going on with some of the kids, it can be better. Issue with finance, issue with job, it's not the end. Joseph did not, he did not need to think that this is the end. Well, I'm going to walk you through some things. I'm going to build your character. I'm going to help you not be prideful. I'm going to do some stuff in your life. But if you'll hold on, if you won't quit, look, look at me. If you won't quit, Father, if you won't quit, Mom, if you won't quit and you'll keep sowing and you'll keep going and you'll keep believing, what I'm telling you is I'm going to establish the thing I put in you. It's not the end of your story. There's still songs to sing, sermons to preach, lead, people to lead, people to develop, things to do. There's still things. Come on. Come on. Do you, do you understand that? If Caleb at 85 can take a hill and fight for it, you at 60 can sing a song. I mean, if you have talent. You know what I'm saying? moments. There's a dream in you. There's more in you. There is more for this body. There's more. There's life after the pit. See, what Joseph didn't know is God was about to take him to, from the pit to the pinnacle. I don't know why God's chosen to take this road. I don't know why all of this has happened. I cannot, I cannot, there are some things I can't answer. And if you try to find people who will give you an answer for everything, they're just giving your opinion. But here's what I can tell you is God has a place for you and it's not sunken in a pit with dead dreams. At the house, we're always looking for leaders. We're keeping our eyes open for who would God would send in this house. Don't let your dream die. Don't let your gift die. Move through framework. Come, begin, come this week. Begin to start serving. The scary part for some of you may be having a hard conversation. The scary part, when I said call your dad, you were like, I'm ready to leave. Bacon or not, I'm ready to leave. Come on. A hard conversation may be the scary part for you. Getting plugged back into a church after you were hurt may be hard for you. I don't know what the scary part is, but I'm telling you, if you allow that scary part to limit you, you know, the graveyard is full of dreams that never happen. And here's what I'm telling you. When we get to heaven, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be. I think we're going to see so many things that God wanted for us. That if we'd have just had the faith to believe. Come on. Come on. All right. My last one is this. The scary part isn't bigger than God. The scary part, dad, isn't bigger than God. You can have a relationship with your teenager as she grows up. You're going to have to figure out now how to change. You all used to wrestle. Now you're going to have to talk about things that are weird, like deep, like boys, and not get out a shotgun every time. <laughs> Come on. 
It's not bigger than God. Your situation's not bigger than God. And I'm telling you that wherever you're at, I'm not promising you every day will be good. I'm promising you that if you make a decision for every day to be good, you'll be fruitful. God promises us fruit. And the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. And here's what I'm asking you. Sow again. Sow again. Sow again. Sow again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.